Welcome today and a happy Father's Day to all men who play roles of father. Whether you're a biological father, an adopted father, a grandfather, somebody who mentors and speaks fatherly wisdom into people's lives, we would you stand and join us while others come in? Welcome to those of you at home watching online. We invite you to join us as well.
with a mighty hand, with a mighty hand, and our stretched arm is love and yours forever. For the life that's been reborn is love and yours forever. Sing faithful forever. Say hi to one another before you're seated this morning. A special treat for all of you who are in attendance this morning as you leave at the end of the service. You can go by the uh, coat area in the foyer. There's a table set up there and there'll be someone there to uh, make sure that uh, you, you uh, get your treat today on Father's Day. I want to welcome all of those who may be visiting today and if it's your first time here, uh, we would love to have a record of your visit to come alongside if there's anything that we can do to serve you. And you'll find in the chair pouch in front of you a connection card. If you would fill that out and at the end of the service, you can bring it to the information desk in the foyer and uh, leave it there. And there's a small gift there for you as well. Well, some of you may be wondering if this is Tyler's last Sunday, where's Tyler? That's a good question. That's a good question. Actually, speaking of Father's Day... Tyler's child number six made an early entrance into this world on Friday morning. And uh, baby Daniel uh, made a surprise entrance on Friday morning and uh, uh, early. And so uh, they're still at the hospital, but praying for them. But mom and baby are good. And uh, Tyler is doing the dad thing, you know, back and forth, taking care of all kinds of things. So in light of that, next Sunday... Uh, because they are able to have children at quite a significant pace, but I don't think it's going to interfere with next Sunday. So next Sunday, uh, we will be uh, saying goodbye to Tyler and, uh, and recognizing his last Sunday. So he's not able to be here uh, today. Also, just want to say thank you. Uh, last weekend, um, the Open Hands Global hosted a garage sale here on the parking lot. Many of you brought things in. And uh, Esther reported that over $1,500 was raised from that, so that's tremendous. So thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, as well, uh, I just, uh, Jennifer and I just returned from Cuba. It's the first time I've been able to go in there in the last two years. It's been over two years since uh, I've been there, and uh, we're able to go in there this week and uh, to bring some help and to make some connection again, and uh, I'll talk about that in some time down the road, but uh, it was... I bring greetings back to you from Pastor Eduardo and the leadership uh, in Cuba. At this time, I'm going to invite our kids to make your way over to this door, to our volunteers, and I'm going to invite our ushers to uh, receive our morning tithes and offerings. They're going to collect those this morning, and you can also give in multiple ways. Uh, of course, one of the simplest, other than just dropping it in the plate, is just to send an e-transfer to giving at epcoakville.com. Anyway, that's it for me. God bless you, and continue uh, to worship the Lord this morning, and uh, I'll be back a little later today. God bless you. Father's Day can be a time that is full of celebration and being able to recognize fathers 
in our lives, men in our lives who play the role of fathers that are instrumental to us, that have deep love and intentional love in our lives. It can also be a painful time. Some who don't know their father, um, some who have lost fathers, There's, there can be pain around these days too. But when we sing songs about our Heavenly Father, there is a constant. There is no shadow of turning in our Heavenly Father. His love is always good. His love is always present. His faithfulness is always true. His loyalty to us is always to be counted on. He is with us forever. There is an absoluteness to his Father's heart. And this morning as we sing songs of his Father's heart, may it bring peace to you. May it bring uh, illumination to you. May it bring healing and redemption over hurts in your heart. Because his Father's heart is what has called us into adoption. And his Father's heart has redeemed and called us into his family. You may stay seated for the first little bit. We'll invite you to stand in a moment. Behold, Jehovah, seated on the throne. Abba, Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and is and shall be
so grateful that you loved this world so much that you gave your son so we could have adoption into your family by the blood of Jesus and we are so grateful that we can rely on your grace that your mercy is never ending and never ceasing we are so grateful that your faithfulness is perfect in every way and we honor you Abba Heavenly Father this morning, may our praise and our worship have been a gift to you. And may our lives, may our lives be a continual gift. 
continual signage, a signpost to the world that Abba Father loves, that Abba Father is good, and that the heart of our Heavenly Father can be trusted. Spirit of God, would you help our lives to be the proof that there is a Father who loves, who seeks us out, who gives us unlimited access to him and who is with us wherever we go. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Carlene and Chris, for leading us this morning. Thank you for jumping in on short notice uh, to fill in for Tyler. I really appreciate that. Thank you, worship team. This morning. You don't have to be around Evangel very long to discern that not only is this church community very committed to our local community, but we are also very committed to our global community and supporting those who are ministering in places all over the world, advancing and living the kingdom of God and touching lives in practical and tangible ways. And uh, it's a privilege for us to, um, to partner together. And uh, today, we've already mentioned two, and we also have special guests with us today. The guests that we have us with us today are ministering in, um, primarily in a restricted access area. And because of that, um, for those of you who are watching on the live stream, you will not see the video of their presentation, but you will hear the audio of their presentation so that we can protect their identities and the identities of those who work with them in these places. So uh, we're just really privileged today to have our special guests here, and I'm going to invite them to come. Would you give them a warm welcome this morning as they come? Hello, everybody. Hi. So awesome to be with you today. And I want to tell you happy Father's Day to all of you because you are fathers to fatherless, the one we'll be sharing with you today. And uh, before I start sharing, I want to ask you one question. Does anybody like fishing in this room? Do you like fishing? <laughs> Today I'll be sharing a little bit about fishing. And number one way of fishing is going uh, to a fishing with the fishing rod. And I wanted to share uh, with you that we have 15 beautiful, beautiful um, ladies who love um, fishing, going fishing. And I have a short video about them. Transfer to a new children's orphanage. When we began the orphanage, we didn't have the supplies we needed. We didn't have enough diapers, formula, or even a stove. But God is faithful, and He has provided for our needs. I was an orphan myself. When I met Jesus, He taught me how to forgive. Now I get to share that same love and forgiveness with others. I met Jesus after I got out of prison. Now I visit ladies in the prison and tell them they are loved. Now I would like to share with you one more story about uh, one little boy. He came to one of our orphanage, and uh, he um, didn't have, like as you can see in his, um, like he didn't have fingers in his, he had disability, he didn't have fingers, didn't have feet, but he, um, with God's love, was blossoming in the orphanage, and he began to, he learned how to cook for himself, he learned how to sew and stitch, but the most interesting thing, he loved the sport. 
And he is very famous back home because he participates every year in Paralympics games in our country. And, but that's not it. As you can see in the picture, he's such a strong boy. And, um, but that's not it. The most beautiful thing, he loves Lord. And he is moved to another orphanage right now, and he continues uh, worshiping God and spreading the gospel and sharing. You know, it's beautiful how he's so famous among his, like, um, you know, children, and he uses his popularity to share about Jesus. And now I would like to give microphone to um, my sister. She'll share a couple more stories with you. Hi, everyone. So happy to be back here with you all. And I wanted to share with you that um, uh, about another boy. And when we just started uh, ministering, God gave us a big vision. He said, uh, you go to an orphanage, establish the work there, and then bring the other two ladies that will continue the work. So God was opening doors to orphanage after orphanage. So one of the orphanages he opened the door to was the baby orphanage with over 100 babies there with special needs. And uh, actually some of your congregation been to that orphanage and met all the kids there. And uh, one of the boys was this Arkady that we met. He was four years old when we started uh, helping there. And... Uh, and I could see he was such a smart boy, but the only problem he had is just a cleft palate and lip, and we helped with the surgery, but he was such a smart boy. But because of that small disability, they put him in that baby orphanage for special kids, uh, special uh, needs kids. And usually what happens uh, there, when they become seven years old, they have to be moved to an orphanage for adult special needs, either men or uh, ladies. And there, there is no education nothing going on there so they usually die at a very early age and our dream was to put Arkady in the different orphanage we called for normal kids where they get to go to school and praise God God opened doors uh, to that kind of orphanage and uh, he was able to um, study I think in the next pictures you can see that where he when he moved to an um, orphanage for uh, uh, we called for normal kids where they um, go to school, and then the next picture there, <laughs> and all those are little sweethearts, and then the next, the next you can see, yeah. oh yeah, so the video, you'll be surprised to see the update about him, yeah, you can turn it on, yeah, <laughs> look at him now, <laughs> he's yes, a young man uh, now, my he became, uh, yes, he became so tall. So uh, after yeah, he graduated uh, that uh, orphanage, uh, when he became 16 uh, years old, uh, he had to move uh, out and be on his uh, own. Uh, and usually uh, they have nowhere to live or nowhere uh, to go uh, after. And uh, with the help of our ladies, he was accepted into college and got the accommodations. And, um, and he graduated the college already. And now... Um, our, our ladies helped him to find the job he really liked to do uh, hair styling and haircuts so now he um, he works as a hairdresser I think the next picture you can see he's uh, he's at work in the next picture yeah and the beautiful thing is that um, uh, he came to Christ during those years and uh, he um, another big news is that he met a girl um, from the church and they're dating and we hope <laughs> and we hope they'll wed <laughs> and uh, make a family that's the update about Arkady and the next update I want to bring to you about Petya uh, many of you will remember this little boy Petya and um, God opened doors to a baby orphanage that was 10 hours away from our city and when we went there with my sister uh, I could see like there was like a little play area and all the kids were playing like in a circle and uh, Peter was just sitting in the back corner on the chair. I'm like, I wonder what happened to him. Like, why is he just sitting there in the corner, not playing with the kids? And when I came up close to him, I could see that he couldn't walk and um, was missing the hands and uh, and uh, the whole way back home, when we were driving for 10 hours, like all I could think is about Peter and that would that be all his life like that, just sitting in a corner, not being able to play or go to school or like 
do nothing, just that's going to be all his life. And we started praying and uh, we found out, or like God just gave us idea, like like one thing we can help him with is the prosthesis so he could at least walk and use his um, uh, part of his hands and we started praying, and we found out that back home there is uh, only one, for the whole country of uh, over 30 million people, there's only one place that makes prosthesis. And um, when, we, uh, when we found that place, they told us that um, you, you wait, people wait years and years to get the prosthesis. But we got boldness and went to the place, and as soon as we entered the uh, doors of that uh, hospital, uh, we hear like my, my sister's name and the guy was calling like sister sister and um, and when she turns around she sees the her friend from like old uh, school years when they studied at university and he we found that he's actually the the main doctor that uh, makes those prosthesis and we told him about Petya and he said Bring him, bring him as soon as you can. I will put him first on the list. So if you can please turn that video back on, that's when he's trying the procedures for the first time, just to remind, remind you about him. <laughs> that's the first time when he's trying on the procedures. <laughs> so that's the friend that we met. Okay, <laughs> 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 So right there, the the camera died, died but so like in like I think like ten minutes he started running on those prosthesis. We're so happy. We also got him um, little prosthesis for his hands, like at, uh, attached with the spoons and forks, so he could um, he could help himself eating. So he was growing, and praise God, we uh, got to put him in the orphanage for like we called normal kids, and um, our ladies were um, visiting him all the time and. Because he was growing, he had to get a bigger and bigger prosthesis year after year. So our ladies were there um, to update those uh, prosthesis. And um, we just recently got another video about him that we're so proud of him. You can you can turn that on, yeah. So he became so famous in our country. He's a news there. That's a um, news um, article about him. Uh, they were talking how he is the only one from the orphanage that uh, for special needs with like with such a big disabilities that he graduated college and now he became a computer designer of the furniture. He designs furniture himself. So that's where what he's doing there, and he, I think there are some shots that where they show what he's designing, and he was working on a, designing a table right now, I think, and he um, he's the only designer on that in that factory, uh, furniture factory, yeah, and we're so proud of him and to bring this update to you. It couldn't happen without you and your support. Thank you so much. <laughs> And then I wanted to share with you a second way of fishing. It's when we go with the fishing nets. And um, you all know the situation that's happening right now in Ukraine. You know it's a horrible situation and it's um, devastating and heartbreaking. But in the midst of all what's happening there, Jesus is working. 
And we work there with 12 pastors, 12 churches around the whole Ukraine. And uh, each church throw their fishing nets in a very unique way. Like one church, for example, they bought all different machines and they're making a bread every single day, 24-7. They have volunteers from the church. They make 8,000 loads of bread and send around. And then another church, they get a meat and they cook the meat in a special way and make a meat cans. And send, it, and send it around to all the other places. And because of you, church, because of all your help, uh, another church, they re, like all these churches are receiving hundreds and hundreds of refugees. And because of your help, another church uh, came up with an idea. They have a group of volunteers. They come up with a different children's kids and they go around and uh, entertain the children who've been through these difficult, difficult, horrible places and they um, have these beautiful children programs. And because of your church, another church, um, all their, because of bombings, their windows were all broken, but they, with your help, they were able to buy plastic cover on the window and continue worship Jesus continue sing songs for the hymn. And because of your help, another church um, was receiving um, about 200 orphans, and they didn't have any beds, anything, but they were able to purchase uh, wood and made their own um, like uh, uh, beds for these children. And at least can go on and on of all what's happening there and what God is doing there and, God, and how God is bringing people to his kingdom and uh, there are so many stories I can share with you, but I'll share one story. is about a girl um, named Katya. So Katya is 19 years old. She graduated school last year, was accepted in university. She was raised by a single mom. Her dad left them when uh, she was two years old. And then during this war, it happened that the bomb exploded and... Um, in, in her apartment, and uh, she was all bleeding, and by miracle, that's her apartment, and by miracle, the neighbor was able to take her out and put her in the car, and then it happened how pastor was working, walking not far from there, and when he saw that, he ran and, and jumped inside the car. He wanted to make sure that Katya will get to the hospital and get the you know, all the help she needed. And what happened is the car got all the shooting while they were going to the hospital. And this pastor got seven bullets in him. And Katya got even more injured. But because of your help, we were able to do all, we were able to help with any way we could to these two beautiful people. They got surgeries, they were moved from one city to another city, and right now they're in Lviv, more on the Polish side. And because of your help, they both are alive, and they're doing great and continuing worship God and praising Him. And right now, Katya is helping other refugees in, uh, who come to this city. And I also wanted to share with you that we're not only helping uh, Ukraine and sending funds there and helping there, we're also helping Ukrainian refugees here in Canada. We have a beautiful, beautiful friends. We met them as soon as we came to Canada 12 years ago, Ukrainian pastors. They have a little church, Pentecostal church in Brentford, and it's about 20 people in their church. And they have, but they have a big heart, and they really wanted to bring refugees and wanted them to come. But they didn't have much funds. They didn't have much um, ability. And uh, we were able to partner with them because of you. We were able to help. 49 refugees right now came to Canada. And we're not stopping. We're continuing every week receive more and more. And it's a miracle how God provides for their tickets, how God provides 
like for example, we didn't know where we're going to put them to leave, and God gave us, um, the Brentford University gave their dormitory for free, so we bring them there, and then we find apartment, and they're moved, and new families come, and because of your help, we're able to uh, provide groceries for them, and hygiene supply, cleaning supply, wherever they need, furniture, but another project we do with them, as soon as a new family come, we take them to a uh, shop till you drop kind of thing. We take them to Walmart. I know your church came to our country and had this project, shop till you drop. But it was far away than Walmart. It was all on the ground kind of outside. But we take them to Walmart and buy all necessity stuff like underwear, bras, socks, right? They all need these things. And you can see pictures right now of our family number one with seven children. And the stories they share, it's like really, when the war started, the nine of them, seven kids and two parents, jumped in a little car for four people, and they drove for 30 hours like that, in a, like a nine people in a small car. But they're so happy they're here now. And then you see a picture of family number two with six children, and you can see their happy faces, how they're buying their new shoes and new uh, clothes and everything they need. Thank you so much for helping Ukraine, um, back in Ukraine, but also helping Ukrainian refugees here in Canada. And the third way I want to share with you, third way of fishing, before I start, I want you to see a short video. Isn't it the coolest way when fish jumps into your boat? Like we all wish this happens to us, right? But you know the most dangerous thing about this way of fishing is like, are we always ready when fish jumps into our boat? Are we always ready to receive this fish? So I want to share with you about another project that Svet does is we're helping up north in Musani. And uh, last year when we heard... Um, when we heard about that devastating news about uh, little kids' bodies in the schools, you know, found, we right away felt um, our hearts were squeezed and God was saying, we have to do something up, up north. And we called a um, pastor wife there. We were um, helping there. We were having uh, woman conferences there. And we called her and we asked, we said, what can we do that we want to bring love to you and share love to community? And she's a teacher herself, actually, in a public school. And she said the most beautiful blessing will be backpacks with school supplies. And we're like, wow, that's great. And we're like, how many kids do you have in your school? And she said about like 200 something. And we're like, wow. <laughs> but by faith, okay, let's do this, right? And then as soon as I uh, hang up the phone, I remember that right beside her public school, there is a Catholic school too, and you're like, imagine all these kids getting new backpacks, but this Catholic school uh, kids will be watching them? No, let's do both. So I called her back, and we found out that we needed 365 backpacks. And at first, of course, we were like a little bit nervous, but we're like, God, you're bigger, you can provide, you can do a miracle, and you know what happened? Of course, your church was the first one contacted us and said, hey, we're in and we're going to do great one backpacks. So when you see this picture, know that these are your backpacks there on the pictures. And you know, in three weeks, all 365 backpacks were sponsored. Everybody was like, we're in, we're in. It was such a miracle. And you know, when we were doing this project, we were thinking about... Um, like, we're going to bless the children, right? We were like, we knew it will be such a huge blessing for them. But we didn't realize one thing, that we were blessing teachers so much. So when we brought these backpacks, these teachers, like, one teacher was crying, literally. And she's like, you don't understand. You're like, you have no idea. We were through this COVID times, and we had such a hard time. Like, we didn't have anything. We would send kids with whatever we had in the classrooms. We sent uh, wherever we had our own personal stuff, but it still wasn't enough. We struggled so much. And they said, we come to school. Like, you know how teachers come earlier before kids start. And they're like, we were so, like, 
feeling sad, thinking, how are we going to teach? We have nothing because the school was supposed to get some shipment, but it, because of COVID, it was delayed, and they were going to have it like two months later. And the old teacher said, you don't understand. These kids have nothing. They come with nothing, and then the school has nothing. They said we were so sad, didn't know how we're going to even like start the school year. And then one teacher was like jumping and dancing. Another teacher literally lay down on the backpacks and started kissing them and hugging them and telling us thank you. And then they wanted to take our name, like who did it? Like tell us who did it, name of your organization. And we're like, no, 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 no. We are big fan of a local church because we believe we come on a short mission trips. We come and leave. But the local church is the one that stays there and continue, you know, spread the bring the gospel around so we gave all of them a local church name we're like this is the musini pentecostal church did it for you right and then the pastor wives call us after a couple days we left and she said we got a phone call from moose factory and they're saying could you church help our school now could you church do something for our school so this year i want to announce to you that we're taking backpacks to moose factory public school and um, high school in Musani. So we need about 500 backpacks this year we're taking it. But we also, um, what we do is we found out that local church in Musani, they do uh, every Saturday like um, driving kitchen, they uh, take uh, soups and sandwiches and food to all the homeless, To um, they have a old folks home in their area, to all the people who are sick, they're visiting them, and we take food, like we just pack uh, vans and pack trucks full of non-perishable food, so we are able to bless this uh, community and bless this church, like give them tool to reach out to their community. And then these pictures, actually, you see we were visiting old folks' home and taking uh, food hampers to them and praying for them. It was so beautiful. But in one of our visits, when we were there, we heard that this is what happened. One lady named Dorothy, her, like, church reached out to her. She knew, but she didn't want to do anything with God, with church. And then what happened, her house was burning, got into a fire. And at night, she ran. That's her. That's our Dorothy. She ran who do you think she will rent to? She ran to pastor's home at night. And you know, pastors were able to help her, and they took her and her children with grandchildren to her home. And it happened that we were there, and we just brought, like, all kinds of stuff, like blankets and food. So she was able to use it. And it was so beautiful to see how when fish jumped in a boat, we were all ready. Church was ready to receive her. It was very beautiful. And at the end uh, of our sharing, I just want to tell you, Evangel, that all what you sh heard today, it wouldn't happen without you. And I want to tell you a huge, huge thank you for giving us fishing rod, for giving us fishing nets, and for giving us ability to go and fish, uh, to go and like when a fish jumps into a boat. And I want to tell you, thank you so much. <laughs> Stay there, anonymous person. We're... Thank you so much for sharing, and what a blessing this morning to be able to see a story unfold over a period of time, to see a boy being so little and then to grow up and Sometimes we get the opportunity to see how the things that we sow into the harvest that it reaps, and sometimes we don't get to see that, but today we got to see that in a number of ways. Uh, a few weeks back, um, we did uh, hear about the work uh, of this ministry with Canadian uh, sponsoring Ukrainian refugees, and as a church, I knew that there were a number of individuals in our church who were helping, but there was that burden that we should be doing something as a church. And it was at that point that um, we, were, we were just getting back into the normal routine of things. And as a church, our finances were struggling from COVID. And it, it was like, okay, so what do we do here? How can we help when we're trying, to, we're trying to get our finances back? Because if we're not healthy, we can't really help others. And, and so we, we, 
As a board, we talked about it and we decided that we had a healthy benevolent fund. And as a result of that, uh, in talking with you, uh, we decided that uh, as a church, we would donate $1,000 in gift cards for um, the families coming to Brantford who need to get the initial items. So Jennifer is going to present that to you. This is from our congregation um, to to, uh, that ministry. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, an opportunity to buy food and, and items and whatever. And I'm sure uh, you'll be hearing from us in the future um, about, uh, about backpacks. Because you know what? The truth is, at the soul, uh, the soul of this congregation is, is to respond practically and tangibly, to touch the lives of people when we hear a need. That, that's who we are. And, uh, and, and we just can't help but do that. So that's, that's what we do. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for taking all of the resources and, and making all that work. I'm going to invite our worship team back. Thank you so much for sharing this morning. Uh, it just meant such a great deal to hear from you and uh, for your faithfulness to that. God bless you guys. And uh, the worship team, won't you stand with us this morning? They're going to lead us uh, in a concluding song this morning and then... Uh, we'll pray together uh, as we conclude our service this morning.
Lord, we declare this morning that you are a good father. Good father. And we thank you this morning, whether it's half a world away in an orphanage filled with kids with disabilities or seniors who are blind or disabled or whether it's refugees running with their families for their lives, finding themselves displaced, whether it's indigenous families trying to make sense of life and find a way forward after all that they've been through, whether it's the circumstances and challenges that we face in our own lives each and every day, you are a good, good father. We are thankful for your love and your embrace and your care. We thank you for the report that we've heard today. We thank you for this church and we thank you for the heart and soul of this church that is, is moved with compassion. As Jesus was often quoted about him to say, as he saw them, he was moved with compassion. just want to be like you, Jesus. Wherever we may find our resources to have compassion on those who are underserved and broken and searching, hopeless, thank you for the privilege of being a part of that. Thank you for ministries such as this that we can partner with, invest in, and see a harvest of the sowing already in some of the things we've been able to do. Lord, today we pray for those in our congregations whose hearts are heavy today with the burdens that they carry, their grief, their sorrow, their sickness, their pain, their uncertainty, their financial struggles, their relational difficulties. Father, we pray that you'd come alongside today. We specifically pray for Emma today, God, and we pray that you would bring complete and full healing to her life. Strengthen her, Lord. Help her to be able to move forward with her life and and to live a healthy and full life, serving you and contributing to this world. We pray for your healing in her body. We pray for Edith today, Lord, for your strength and your help. We pray for Gina as she's about to approach her fifth of, of six treatments. God, thank you for your faithfulness through this process, Lord. Pray for Todd as he awaits the results of his treatments. God, there's just so many things that we look to, but Lord, we know that you are a good, good father. And we just thank you for that. As we leave this place today, as we go off, some to celebrate fathers, some to deal with dysfunction and brokenness, loss and sadness, whatever our reality today, I just pray that the truth of the goodness of our father God would just strengthen our lives and help us. Lead us and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Have a great week, and Lord willing, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.